Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Good afternoon, Mr. Hudson. Good afternoon, mate. And welcome all to part four of Alan Hudson's World Cup Diary. What are you thinking about it so far, Alan? As we're talking, Canada are playing Morocco. As I pulled up on my drive, you said Morocco's already won up. And I said, blimey, they've only just kicked off. So great start for uh, for the Moroccans. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I had a little bit of a uh, fancy for these at the beginning, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. My friend has a, a World Cup bet, and I, I said, look out for him. And uh, I backed him the day, so I'm, I just hope the scoreline stays the same or they can extend it, because Canada are out now, so um, it doesn't matter. But our, our focus is more on the other side of North America, uh, as we get talking, I suppose. Absolutely. But well, on the uh, regular podcast I do with Terry Curran, I did say to T, the one nation that I'm looking forward to seeing in this World Cup, and I think that they could be a bit of a surprise package, is Morocco. They've got that little fella share, and he's a sub. And uh, the boy that plays at Sheffield United, he's a sub. And I thought, well, if they can't get on the pitch, they must have some decent players. So, uh, yeah, like yourself, um, these could be a dark horse. And whoever gets them in the next round, uh, beware. Because, you know, in the olden days, you used to go, oh, it's only Morocco or it's only Tunisia or it's only... <laughs> some of these nations are decent, especially over there in their climate as well, Al. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, they reckon it's going to be a record uh, for at the African nations. There's always there was always going to come to the fore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're strong nations. They got they they got that 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 great belief as well. You know, it's uh, they're tough nuts to crack. Mm. Uh, it's just sad that they've. Uh, you know, this coach has done a, a marvelous job. He's they've six games they haven't conceded a goal. And uh, and the other chap said, well, he said the the last coach that got the manager didn't concede a goal for six games. So, you, you know, you see where they base they base their game on the building from the back, which uh, which is the right way to go about any football club and any football team. And if you've got no defence, you've you know you've uh, you know Klopp done it at Liverpool and uh, look how successful he's been. Absolutely. You know. I did uh, look on the internet today, and I did hear it actually. Theo Walcott on Talk Sport this morning saying he's looking forward to Kyle Walker being up against uh, Kylian Mbappe. And I must admit, I nearly choked on my way to Bix. I thought, oh my <laughs> days. I mean, that is going to end in tears. Uh, but Kylian Mbappe, one of the stars. You did mention that uh, they hadn't conceded any goals. Another team that didn't concede any goals last time out was Team USA against Iran. Uh, cracking game. 
holding on a little bit at the end. You always are if it's a 1-0 and the team's obviously going to throw everything at you, especially in the last 10, 15 minutes. They've got no choice. If they don't, they're out. How did you view it? I mean, they've done great. They're qualified now. And we'll talk a bit more about that uh, in uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But let's focus a little bit now on the last game that America played against the ranks. It was a political potato, wasn't it? Well, it was. It was always going to be a tough game. Uh, but I, I said to Anthony, uh, I wrote him an email when he, he said, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know the repercussions. You know, it's so political a match. Uh, they were really, really relying on that Iran to try and, you know, shake the United States up. I said, well, you've got to use it to your advantage. You know, you just get on and play with your game and let them, you know, let them, let them rattle them. And you get the first, and as luck would have it, they got the first goal, which was uh, the key, you know, especially with these tight games. And uh, it's, um, I, I think United States have done fantastically well because, you know, as I said to him, they, they play Holland on Saturday and, it's the first time they're going into a game apart from the opening game against Wales where the other team, you know, can't play for a draw. Yeah. You know, England England could have settled for a draw and Iran wanted a draw. Uh, and it, they're very, very... I was talking to uh, a couple of old friends of mine yesterday who uh, old one particular old pro. I was apprenticed with him at Chelsea. And I said, you know, Jeff, I said... Uh, you know, you know what it's like playing against a team when they they don't have to win. You know, they can make it very very difficult, and not only do they make it difficult for you, it's it's you know psychologically it's difficult, and it's like here now with Morocco, you get that first go after four minutes, and they just scored again. Yeah, by the I was going to say they just scored another. <laughs> what a goal as well, by the way. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little one down the middle there, didn't you? <laughs> uh, so it, it does help um, if you get the early goal. And, uh, you know, you see even in this game, it's, um, you know, you you know, we know that you could, I, I, as I said to, about Ant to you the other day and Anthony, I said I was more ner- nervous uh, with Anthony's game against England uh, than I was when I played for England against Germany. I've never been so nervous and I had no nerves at all when I played in 75 against them. I was just, I was just so relaxed and but it's murder to watch your son involved. God knows what would have happened if he was playing, yeah. you know, uh, you know, but it's, it's been quite an experience and it's, uh, so many memories come flooding back. But I must say, Paul, that I, and you're the first person I've mentioned this to, is that um, what I found so, so fantastic about it, which I'm so, uh, although I'm proud of Anthony, it's uh, it, it's wonderful for the family. And I, it's kind of brought back all the memories of when my family followed me playing, and especially in, in my days at Stoke. Uh they, you know, they gathered together and they got on the train together and they were at Stoke every week. And, uh, the, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the 150 miles for a, was a home game for them, yeah. you know, um, and, and they go, went to all the away games. And it was, and I never give it a second thought. I thought, well, we're family, we stick together. But, you know, now I'm realising what, what Anthony's brought to the family, you know, he's, he's give us a... It's it's been just so brilliant, you know. We're having a party every time they play, and a, a little gathering, and the phone ringing, and oh, have you seen Anthony? On you know, it's it's really terrific. And 
I couldn't be more happy that they've got out of the group safely and uh, they've overcome a massive hurdle against Iran. That was a tough, tough match. Talk me through it, Al, because I, I saw the second half. I watched England up till we'd scored the second goal and I was recording the, the podcast with Terry as as we were uh, watching the game. And I said, I've got to turn it off. They've absolutely bored the backside off me in the first half. The game's over now. And then he brought on uh, Calvin Phillips. And I thought, that's it, forget it. Well, he could have brought on Madison. He could have really gone for it. But he, he's like a tortoise, any that he just he's, he won't pop his head out of that shell. But but the Americans, completely different, playing on the front foot, taking the game to their opponents. And had they have, I guess, had they have got somebody like Harry Kane playing for America, and I think Harry would have loved to have played for America the way that they play, I think they could have done some more serious damage in the group games. Yeah, I think so. I think they're sadly lacking... Uh... A front player, you know, if they had a front player uh, who had the ability of their midfield players, yeah. you know, it, that's why they've they've had to pass it around a little bit too much. What something that we don't like, but at least they've got the ability to to pass it around. And they, they just haven't got that man up front, uh, that all important one. But uh, you know, overall, I thought against England they were terrific. You know. <laughs> Mainly because of the build-up. I'm sitting there watching the build-up of England and all the hype again from every four years we hear it about all these players, what they're going to do. Bellingham is going to be the next, you know, wonder kid. And we had Saka, we had Sterling, we had Kane and all world-class players. And, you know, if I hadn't have played football myself and know this is ridiculous talk, I'd have been shaking. Yeah. But, um, you know, the great thing about it as well for the uh, United States was when they played England especially, was that they had two back two uh, defenders that played for Fulham. Yeah. Now, they know the strength of all the England players, so that helped them a great deal. You know, that their input would have been terrific before the game in the dressing room, and, and when they got on the field, they wouldn't be afraid. They play against people like Harry Kane every week, so there's not a problem. Uh, so that helped a great deal. And I thought the captain of America, and they called him Captain Fantastic the other day, and he was the little kid in midfield. He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so there's got so much going for him. And, but the good thing about it, going going into Saturday, I'm very relaxed about Saturday, knowing that Holland are going into the game, unlike Iran and England, knowing that they just can't play for a draw. Absolutely, you know, and that's in that's in the United States' favour. That you know that they go out on the level playing field for the first time, really, and uh, that's going to help them no end. You know, they can go out and play, and they don't have to worry about. You know, we've got to get the first goal. We must get the first goal, otherwise we've got to score. If we don't, we've got to score two. But this time, you know, they can go out and just play the natural game. Yeah, you referenced uh, Tyler Adams. I thought there was a ridiculous question levelled at him by an Iranian journalist. And I thought he answered it absolutely terrifically. We're here to play football. All countries have problems. My focus is to play football. The boy's only 23. 
we looked at the uh, there was a, a piece a video from the American dressing room where uh, he congratulated Tyler he looks as though he's a player that's really emerging played at Leeds United uh, I think he, he, he come to Leeds during the uh, transfer window in the summer when Calvin Phillips moved to Man City I think it's a massive uh, upgrade because he does look a terrific player you don't see him playing it backwards and sideways he he, he looks a box of tricks I'm, I'm just looking through the American side uh, Yanis Musa the boy that I mentioned to you on a previous uh, podcast he was at Arsenal for seven years as a youth and he represented England at youth level as well he plays for, yeah, plays for Valencia. He's only 19. I mean, the Western McKenna, who's at Juventus, he's only 24 as well. So, you know, this midfield trio of America, three young boys. Well, when you think, uh, you know, I look at it and I, you know, I, I look at it, I mean, you know, we've spoke about my situation with mm. England, my international career that was ruined you know by the fa and by ramsey and all that when i was banned but i ended up being in the world cup squad when i was just coming up to 19 years of age and didn't make my, have my get my first cap until i was 24 so i had to wait yeah. five years now you got these kids in the side who are 19 20 21 you know that is that's a young age and that's a it, these are big 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 matches for young kids like that you know mm. uh, and you know the, the way they've handled it is just fantastic you know the, the kid is you know the captain that played at Leeds is it, you know when they mention people talk about the age of them and all that some kids don't develop to a little bit later it's like you know De Bruyne was at Chelsea as a kid and Jose Marino didn't like him and stuff like that. Well, you don't judge kids. Uh, you know, you know they go. They, you know, you look at kids and see what how they how they build. I mean, as a kid, at seventeen, I played my first first game for Chelsea and we got beat five 0 I just weren't strong enough. You know, my if it was my father, he said, "Don't worry about that. You you know, you're going to get stronger and you'll get physically stronger and mentally stronger." And that's what happened. Two years later, I was a different player. I become a good player with Chelsea, but by the time I got to Stoke, I was more complete inside forward. Uh, it takes development. Is it don't come overnight, Paul? Absolutely. There's another player as well, another young kid, only 20, uh, Giovanni Reina, uh, who plays at Borussia Dortmund. He looks a decent player. So, you know, when you're looking at the bench, they've got Brendan um, Aronson, again, who plays at Leeds United. They've got a lot of decent players that are not just playing in America. I mean, OK, you New York City, then you've got Middlesbrough, Arsenal, uh, Bovista in Portugal, Celtic, Milan, Inter Milan, Rangers, Fulham, Palace, Juventus, Celta Vigo. These Americans are playing all around Europe, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. I think they were highly, highly um, disregarding and, and you could say disrespected as well because when the group come out you know like the English press a lot like, oh, we're going to win it will be everybody America they don't play football no 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 these Americans they do play football this game against Holland it would not surprise me at all if America didn't run out winners because I think this is the worst 
uh, Dutch team that I've seen in my lifetime. And I think these Americans are just getting better and better and better as the tournament progresses. Well, I think we found uh, out in the England game that they're fearless. Yeah. And uh, I agree with you entirely. I think the uh, Dutch team, we've seen so many better, superior Dutch teams than this. You know, you know, we've seen the terrifying ones, haven't yes. we, with oh, Cruyff. Yeah. And the one with Van Basten and uh, Hullet and all that lot, you know, they were, they were just incredible. You know, you wouldn't fancy these kids going up against them. But, you know, they have got a re- big realistic chance to to turn over Holland. It wouldn't be... It, I, this is the first game I've gone into uh, as a father of Anthony and a USA supporter. I'm a, you know, I love the country. I've, you know, I was, I'm so pleased that Anthony was born there. I was at the time and I'm even more so now. But... Uh, yeah, I mean they they got a big chance. I, I, I just love the way they go about it, and uh, you know they don't blow this blow their own trumpets before the game. I'm fed up with in England. Every four years it comes around, and every two years in the every two years in the Euros and all this, and it's all we're forever. You know how far we're we gonna go, and we're, we're, we're football's coming home, and we my my friend from even Stoke the other day said I'm going over to. Uh, to the World Cup next week. He said, I'm going to bring an empty bag to bring the World Cup back on me. I said, I don't think so. I said, my my son took an empty bag with him. I said, he's got as much chance as you. Uh, And it's as simple as that, you know, but the the Americans don't big it up where we do. And, you know, Harry Kane before, Declan Rice is shouting about, you know, we can win the World Cup. Why don't they keep quiet? You know, I would ban my I would ban my players from talking to the media about winning the World Cup. Bobby Moore never done it in '66. He just he just got on with it. Bobby Charlton never done it. Alan Ball never done it. You know, Gordon Banks never done it. They just ease into the competition and 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 they won it, whether they deserved to win it or not. But they didn't. They they we didn't get none of that, did we? And although we were world champions, we never went to Mexico screaming. You know, and I thought we played better in Mexico than we did in '66. I think there's uh, a lot of people would say that the team in Mexico uh, was a better team than we had in 1966. We've spoken about that on previous podcasts. You'd have played Peter Thompson, uh, George Eastham, and, um, and and Peter Simpson or, or Marvin Inson as, uh, as centre-halves. England played without Jimmy Greaves, played without wingers. When you win it like that, you almost think that's the recipe to to win and, and that's the blueprint for the future. No, no, it isn't. I'd rather lose playing in, in a proper way than win playing in a negative and defensive manner. Well, uh, Paul, exactly, I think exactly what you're saying is, uh, and I've said it so many times, uh, that Winning the World Cup was the worst thing ever happened to us. Yeah. It were the worst thing ever happened to English football because all these silly coaches and managers, you know, they they said we can play without wingers. Well, you can't. You know, wingers of all traditionally, they've always been a unbelievable. And then in, in night, and then four years later, Brazil go and tear tear the World Cup up with two fantastic wingers. You know, uh, we. 
we're like followers, aren't we? We look, we look, we're just followers. We're not leaders. Mm, you know, we don't anything. come out. Yeah, we, you know, we, you know, going into having no wingers and all that is not my way of playing the game. No, not at all. I mean, I've heard so many people because there was a piece. Uh, I, I always thought that Jamie O'Hara was a bit of an idiot, but but he did say, "Why don't we go for it? I'd rather get beat playing proper football than expansive football than just defending." And I absolutely agree with him. But the amount of abuse that the kids been getting for saying how he feels and 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 really saying how. A lot of football fans that love football would like England to play. Just boring the pants off teams. And I posted this up the other day. The most ridiculous thing is we we never remember the losers. Well, I'm sorry. We remember Austria in the 30s. Remember Hungary in the 50s. Remember the Dutch in the 70s. And we remember the, um, the Brazilians in the 80s. We remember those players and those teams that gave us magic moments some of the others that won things we don't remember because apart from actually winning and getting over the line i can't remember anything decent that they did well yeah i mean people come out with these cliches don't they they uh there's no there's 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 absolutely they don't really know what they're talking about number one uh of course you know you got i've played in cup finals and uh I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know. They say you do. Re- you 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 forget uh, losers. I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't. Um, I think uh, I I remember West Germany in '66 much more than I do England for performance-wise. I remember yeah. Beckenbauer's performances as a young boy, uh, and that was before they transformed transformed him into a, a defensive uh, midfield player and a, and a creative midfield. Uh, defensive midfield player, uh, and they were fantastic. The Germans and uh, they took so much. They took more out of it in '66 than what we did, yeah. you know, because it, it kind of. Um, I think it's led to what led to my ban as well. Because once he got knighted, you know, everyone thought it was it was like the as you say, like the br- blueprint to play football. Well, it wasn't it. You know, it, it ruined inside forwards. There was no inside forwards. No Johnny Ains is coming through, and I think probably I was one of the last ones. Curry was one of the last ones, and Hoddle come through. But even Glenn didn't play inside forward. He's more of an attack. You know, it it it, it kind of ruined our game in many ways. You know, uh, and I, I'm I'm still a great fan, fan of the inside forward, but with you know the. Although he plays at Real Madrid a different role, and Modric plays that way, um, Silver at Manchester City, you know they're all they're all simply they're inside old inside forwards, but yeah. we don't have them. England won't have them. You know we don't want them. We want a Declan Rice in midfield. Uh, we want a Phillips in midfield. We want a Henderson in midfield. We want, as you say, they brought them on the other night. Instead of bringing Madison on, or Madison should have. If there was one, they needed five goals once, like we got in front, didn't they, Wells? And Terrible that goal, worked, by the way. I mean, that, that, was, that was the perfect time to say to Madison, just go out and don't worry about winning. You know, don't worry about winning. Just go out and enjoy yourself. You know, just get a bit of match fitness. And uh, 
that's what happened. That's what you know. He, he he just ignored him. I mean, I would have put him on straight away as soon as the second goal, the first goal went in, or even played him at the start. You know, absolutely wicked deflected goal there for um <clears throat> for Canada. It's yeah. uh, it's two one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, your uh, your your team would have been Grealish and Madison in the middle of the park with Foden, Saka, a tremendous yeah. midfield four with uh, uh, Callum Wilson up front with Harry Kane. All good strikers need a partner. Everyone needs a partner. I mean, it's to play up front there on your own. But Southgate has looked at these players. It, I don't think Southgate knows what an inside forward is. I think you're absolutely spot on. <laughs> if he thinks a midfield player is either a box-to-box midfield player or a player that just sits in front of the back four, he doesn't know what an inside forward is. He was saying about uh, Phil Foden, well, he's a winger. No, he's not a winger. He's an inside forward. And he yeah. said, well, he plays on the wing for Manchester City, so that's where I'm going to play him. But you'll watch, um, the, what's it, Walker play for um, Manchester City as a right-back, and he'll play him at the right of a three because he'll probably go three at the back with wing-backs pushing on in these knockout games now that's what he's done before and he's done the same with Shaw on the left hand side and played him on the left as of a back a back three so he contradicts himself all the time Southgate does and in terms of football's coming home I posted up the other day there's more chance of my cat coming home (laughs) I know that's it it, well it's it's um every tournament in it it's um i don't know i don't i don't i don't know the i mean i i, I bump into people in the street that never <laughs> mention football but when england's playing in the world cup they say football's coming out i thought what's you don't even know anything about football it seems to rub off on everybody you know every, you know uh Simplicity and logic and common sense seems to go out the window. You know, it, it just don't make any sense. Where other nations, you know, they just get on and play the game properly. The Spanish, the mm. Dutch, you know, the, it, the life carries on. You know, it's just that it's it's a normal game. But we have we have to, you know, it's kind of uh, even. When they said the other day that I think Sauna said he's the most successful, he's a success, most successful manager since Alf Ramsey because they got to the Euros final, but he blew it. It's frightening, isn't you it? Know, it's scary. It's scary. If that if that's success, then you know what is failure. Right. I mean, you you can't argue, and nobody can argue that England got to a semi-final of the World Cup in Russia. And we got to the final of a home tournament, you know, uh, not last summer, summer before. Yeah, OK, I'm not going to argue with that. But I remember watching both tournaments, being absolutely bored of watching England. I've been bored mainly watching England under Southgate. And I can't remember any magical moments in those two tournaments. I do remember getting the most simplest draw and route to a final and a semi-final. And you could argue that the only time Southgate was tested in both tournaments, he got it wrong and he keeps getting it wrong. But the happy clappers and the box tickers, they'll just say he got it right because he picked the right team. No, no, that that is just ridiculous. That is stupid. I think that 
culturally, culturally, I, I can never say that damn word, but we've that always played, matter. we've always played football, <laughs> and, you know, some of them will say we invented the game, but I think our knowledge of the game is so limited, the average fan, I think, is so thick, and, and, and I think it's only the way that they've been brought up on is get stuck in and work right. Whereas the foreigners, you, you, you look at the Spanish, you look at the French, they've got more culture, they've got more understanding on the skill and the techniques of football. Yeah, but I think well, I think it, all, everything will go back to the uh, when I was at Chelsea when uh, the tracksuit manager came in, uh, the coaching badge. It was the worst thing ever happened to this country. Um, as I say, the 4 3 3 without wingers. And once the coach, coaching came in, they did, you know, I was I was writing about um, Stan Bowles this morning. You know, somebody put a post on about how he was the best player ever seen at Shepherds Bush. And I said, he was the most talented player there, but he was frustrated. He never played for England because he was uncoachable. Mm. So they didn't. that's why they didn't want these players, because they couldn't coach them. They couldn't teach them nothing. Mm. They couldn't tell the Colton Palmers where to run. They couldn't tell Beckham Rice run around, you know. Say, you know, the, that's what they do there. That, that, that is why. That's what brings you, us, us to become such a robotic nation, you know. And it is robotic football, you know, not just at national level, but at club level. You know, we've seen it, haven't we? Yeah. The Wimbledon, Wimbledon's mm-hmm. got success. I was at Stoke for for a while when Stoke played like it, you know. it, it And it's, you know, it just drives people away from the game. It does because at the end of the day, football, I'm not interested what these clowns keep telling me. It's a results business. Football is entertainment. You play football. You play with a smile. You try and make that ball talk. And you try and do things to score goals with your skill, your guile, your initiative. And that's what football is all about. For me, it is. It ain't about boring the backsides off the supporters. But as long as we win... We'll clap and we'll turn up next week. You had that scenario with that Stoke fan a few years ago, didn't you? Who'd you go down to watch? Well, I'll go down to watch Stoke. Well, who'd you go to watch? Well, I'm just a Stoke fan. And I think lots of football fans these days are programmed just to follow their club. Whatever they do, turn up, clap and come back next week rather than I ain't putting up with this rubbish. Let's get some decent players. Let's get the ball down and let's play football. You're doing off practice. Let's see the fruits of your practice. Absolutely, absolutely. That 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 is uh, the crux of the matter. And and the terrible thing about it is people are bringing the kids up to, to to think that way. You know. Yeah, three one L. That fella's just scored another one. Great little volley. <laughs> Very nice though. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, they are. I mean, you go to these small-sided games, you go to the kids' football, you get the old man on, on the lot, on my looks over his offside, to be fair, uh, jumping up and down and telling the kids to get stuck in. It's just, it's just crazy. It's almost like the English disease. Well, yeah, it's um, exactly. I mean, people, you, uh, I give up going out in pubs when matches are on now. You know, I just don't want to listen to what people got to say about it. It's just ridiculous. It's, uh, I, I, I can end up, you know, 
falling out with friends and all that over, mm. you know, saying silly things. And only because they've heard it on TV and stuff like that, it's yeah. just it's just too much. It's uh, and now we got uh, the terrible situation where we got you know the 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 females telling us how, the men how to play the game, you know, which shouldn't be done. Really, I've got, I've got fantastic in the Euros and what they did and they're they're a fantastic group of players with a fantastic manager but keep out the men's game you know it's a it's a different ball game altogether of course it is I mean it's like you might as well have a fan on there talking and and trying to educate the 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 public while they're watching the half-time analysis or before the game or after the game and you're thinking what qualifications have you got if you go to school to be educated you would expect your geography teacher to know something about geography. Now, if you're going to watch a game of football, you want to be, you know, I'm not saying you want to be educated, but you want to you want to listen to an educated mind of experienced players that have been there, players that you looked at and you think, what a great player. I'll listen to them because they know what they're talking about. When you, you're listening to a, a female on a male game of football, you think, look, your game is different to this game. It's irrelevant. You're brilliant in your game and we love watching you play, but stick to the women's game and then we'll watch you and listen to you talking from experience of what you've done in the women's game, but you have no experience in the men's game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... uh... I mean, there's not, there's not really. It's, it's a conversation that we shouldn't have really because uh, it's, it shouldn't really be open to discussion. It's, mm. uh, it's. Um, I always go back to the uh, probably the one of the greatest sporting people of all time, uh, Billie Jean King, and what she did for women's tennis was just incredible. And and. But she didn't poke her nose into the men's game. She never did nothing in the men's game. She had a laugh by playing Bobby Riggs for a lot of money. To but that she put that into, uh, you know, the sponsorship and in, in women's tennis because she did it to get uh, the PR job done. But she would never, never dream of taking on a man. Uh, uh, a, a man tennis player, you know, they just wouldn't happen. You know, they just couldn't stick with the serves. Mm. That that alone. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, you just you just can't. It's it's you know, I'm a great horse. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Slavin fan, you know, there's a big difference between uh, f- male horses and female horses, you know. It's, it's, uh, it, it, the little fillies that we had a horse, a two-year-old filly, and you know the difference, you know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And uh, the, t- the terrible thing why we've started talking about it is that we got the telly on now, we've got two women I talking know, about it. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where and do they... Where do and they get them from? And even he's got a, a ponytail. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> he's a Birmingham lad that plays for Wales. <clears throat> you know, again, I really think that they've really scraping the barrel with some of these pundits that that, that they have on these um, on these programs now. And I actually enjoy watching the game, turning the commentary down. And uh, and the halftime analysis because I I don't want to listen to these claims go on about absolute nothings. But um, you did mention uh, doing nothing for the men's game or done nothing in the men's game. Poland done nothing in the men's game against Argentina last night. How awful were they, Al? Well, I was. Uh, what I found quite intriguing last night was how the way. Um... Lewandowski celebrated after the game. I would have been quite embarrassed yes. to tell the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he was jumping up and down, and I thought, my God, you know what? What are you celebrating? You should go off with your towels between your legs, yep. really, and count your lucky stars because, you know, they were talking about what happens if they were level on goal difference and all that, and they said it's all, all down to yellow cards. I mean, what? And if those yellow cards were the same, you know, it'd be it'd be drawn on lots, you know, the winner. I mean, what a way to finish a World Cup. It's, it's just too silly for words. And the crazy thing was, which did make me laugh, Dan, Danny Murphy made a quite, quite a good point. He was talking to his co-presenter and he went, I think that maybe shots on goal would be a better idea than yellow cards. Spot on. And the, his co-presenter didn't answer him. I was waiting for him to answer him, and yeah. he wouldn't answer. I don't know whether he thought, well, we hey, I, we shouldn't be talking about this. I don't know. Are we are we condemning the, the rules or whatever? But he should have said, Danny, spot on. You're, you're bang on there, mate. Of course, that, that means that you're, the team's trying to win. We've, you know, it's um, they, they tried it in other things, and they would if you get them out more corners or whatever, yeah. any any kind of thing, but to, to, to draw a lot on who goes who goes through in the World Cup is just it just defeats object, uh, common sense to me. Absolutely. America against Holland, how do you see it um how do you see them lining up, Al? But again, going just briefly going back to Lewandowski, in fact, he smiled a lot more when that result come through. And I think he moved more as well than he did in the whole of that game. And I do think Poland are awful or were awful. And I just think, you know, if that was a boxing match, we've got a boxing match, um, the Gypsy King against uh, Derek Chisora on Saturday. If one of those boxers come into the ring, didn't lay a glove on the opponent, just walked away, didn't want to know, had no appetite, didn't go forward, didn't try and, and win the, the, the boxing bout. 
the referee would have stopped it and says, oh, what's going on here? You do know you've got to throw a punch to win this game. And the same could be said for football with Poland. You do know you've got to go forward and try and shoot at that goal to win a game of football. And if you're not prepared to do that, I'm awarding the game now and we're all going to go home. Yeah, pointless. Absolutely pointless. It's, uh, yeah, I mean... Um... I think I think I see the interview this morning with the the Poland manager, and they asked him, and he 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 said he did mention it to the players about not getting not getting booked near the end of the game, which <laughs> was just unbelievable, you know. But they're all they're all uh, how they approach the game, even when they went behind one nil down, and uh, it was. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if uh, the Argentinians were that you know that good, you know. They they've kind of got through because of the uh, you know the they were so inferior the other teams you know they, they were they went out like a, a candle last night didn't they you know it was like a, you know it, it wasn't it really weren't good enough for a for a nation who, you know for him to be like that as well i mean one of the greatest fort center forwards of all time you'd have thought he'd have been you know, ranting and raving at the players to push up and, and, and try and get a goal, you know, because they, their their lives were on the line the last 20 minutes. Absolutely. I thought they were absolutely terrible. I'd have booted them out. And I was hoping that the Mexicans were going to get another goal or Argentina would have got another goal because although I, didn't, I haven't seen much of Mexico, I did watch them. Um, I think it was the Poland game that they, that they drew and I thought they were always going forward, trying to score goals. And I thought... These don't look too bad, to be fair. And again, the Mexicans, they've got a good pedigree. in the, And the one goal that that fella scored, that free kick, I did post it up earlier and someone said, uh, Rashford's was better. And I thought... <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. They said it all. And the kind of, you, you know, on the Facebook thing, you just see a St. George's flag, no face, no nothing. And you just think, mate... All you do is see what you want to see. If you honestly think Rashford's goal, the free kick, was better than that Mexican's, I suggest you have another look at it because that was almost, that Mexican fella, the perfect free kick. It was fantastic. And Rashford's, to be fair, you commented on the last podcast with Messi's goal. Had Neuer been in goal, Messi wouldn't have scored that goal the other night. And I think the yeah. same could be said for Rashford. If Neuer was in goal, Rashford's uh, free kick would have uh, ended up as a corner, uh, not a goal for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's again, uh, people getting overexcited in the World Cup. I mean, uh, people that... You know, I think there's people coming out to watch it and who, who come out every four years, you know, and they get very excited and uh, is it, I don't know what overcomes them, but the, instead of just sitting down and seeing everything it is, I'm not one for, I'm not one for, even at club level, Paul, I, don't, I just can't be, uh, I can't, I just can't side with one team, whoever they are. I'm, I'm very happy to be neutral and see mm-hmm. the game as it is, you know. I don't wear certain coloured glasses, and, uh, uh, and that is why I, I hardly have a conversation about football when I'm out with my friends now because they're just so, you know, you got it up there in Birmingham and I've got it here in London, you know, with Chelsea. I live in, on the doorstep. Uh, I'm quite happy to speak with Stoke people when I go to Stoke about it, though, because they were great times in the 70s. Uh, but we, we, we don't 
run the team down now. No, absolutely. And and I think that, that when you're talking from a position of bias, and I'm amazed how many punters that I listen to, both on TV and radio, are just bias. And when they always start off, I'm a Man United fan, but I'm thinking, well, you're just biased. I'm a Birmingham fan, but it doesn't matter yeah, who you yeah. support. You're a football fan. Give an honest unbiased opinion on what you've just seen and, and and enjoy the game. And I think that when, you know, since doing the podcast with you, I look at football a, a lot differently now. And and I don't look at it in any way. I mean, yeah, okay, I used to be a big Birmingham fan. I'm not now. I'm not bothered. I'm happy to go down Villa Park and watch the Villa. In fact, I'm going down Boxing Day with the boys. They've got me a ticket. So I'll, I'll go down and watch Villa versus Liverpool. I'll sit there. I'm I'm not a fan of any team. I like to watch a good game of football and uh, and and see if a player can produce moments of magic. Something that you remember the game of football by. That's what we watch the game of football for. Uh, for me, Holland versus America kicking off at three p.m. on Saturday. I'll, I'll try and say the. Um, I'm not very good with these Arabic. It's Kelly, God, I don't know, Al Rayanan or something. That's where it is. But I'm not too familiar with these names. Uh, but it's going to be a great spectacle. Where are you going to be watching it? I'll be watching it from my vantage point where I am now. Um, I was going to go to Qatar, but obviously it was far too expensive. Yeah, and it's yeah. not my guy. It's not my. I couldn't have took my boyfriend anyway, so it would have been no good. Um, <laughs> but. You know, there's too many political points about it, and I, I just, I couldn't see, I can't see the point. I don't, I said it at the time why I have it there, and I'm even more convinced now. You know, that it shouldn't have been there. Um, but uh, the one thing about the American game on Saturday is uh, the one thing I'm, I'm comfortable about, and I, and I hope I said to Anthony is that um, you can, you can. Before they go out, you've got to say to them, now go out and play the way you did against England in the first half. You can go out and play your natural game now. You don't you don't have to worry about uh, conceding or anything like that because you're still in the game. Yeah. Uh, the way they play against England in the first half, you know, they control the game. Go out and control the game against the Dutch and I think they'll get a result. Because, as I said earlier on, it's the first time they can go out and they don't, the other team can't play for a draw. And I think that's in the favour of the States. For the first time in the World Cup, they can go out with, you know, I I, I would I can imagine, I, I know when I played, that you're, when you chase, you've always got it at the back of your mind when you're going forward. Don't give it away because they could break away and, you know, we lose a goal, we're in trouble. You know, then we are in big trouble because especially with the United States, they haven't got great goal scorers and scoring one was enough. Uh, And we hope, uh, I haven't heard the latest on Pulisic, we hope Pulisic is fit um, because he's a match winner. He's been the match winner from the beginning. He hasn't had a great time at Chelsea, but... I was hoping that he could, you know, he's got so much ability, um, as is this fella who scored the first goal in Morocco today at Chelsea's Ajax. But, you know, they just don't seem to do it consistently enough at club level. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is when they come. I don't know whether it's the money or, or whatever. 
but they they just don't show up every week. And uh, you know they when they sign from it's it's like the kid that plays up front for Germany as well. Uh, you know he's been left out by the Germans. Uh, yeah. And he's just so just so talented, a multi-talented, multi-talented. But uh, like they got this problem with consistency. Uh, and that's what I, that's what that's why I'm really happy with America for throughout this. Uh, the, it's only been three games, but they've been under the cost for the three games, uh, and this is the first time that they can kind of let their air down and go out and play. Absolutely, it's it's the Khalifa International Stadium, to give it its um, its full name in Al Rayyan. It opened in 1976, Al. This stadium did so. It's not one that they've recently erected. Um, by the looks of, they've got eight grounds that they're using, and this is the oldest one that they've got in Qatar. Its capacity is forty-five thousand four hundred and sixteen. That's a rather odd number, and yeah. it's a place where Dina Asher Smith clinched the two hundred meters gold at the twenty nineteen World Athletic Championships. So, uh, so yeah, that's the stadium. I love that picture that you posted up the other day of the uh, the big stadium where your pal was. The um, what is it? The Lucell iconic stadium capacity eighty thousand. It's where they're gonna hold the final. I thought he was walking through a five star hotel in <laughs> Qatar. I thought we're going to another restaurant. There, what a nice hotel that is. Blind me. Wow. It reminded me, of the, reminded me of the North Staffs Hotel in Stoke, <laughs> <laughs> which is now uh, been taken over by asylum seekers. Yeah, uh, and, and and when I was there, it was a top hotel in Staffordshire, uh, and Mr. Waddington's haunt and that. We would just used to go there after all matches, and especially after away matches, because it was right opposite the train station. It was used to be packed with uh, uh, obviously in those days that was when uh, the pottery business was very big and uh, Wedgwood was very big and now that's no longer so you know it's so they've given uh, turned it over for, to the asylum seekers and uh, there's not an Englishman in sight so it's it's a very sad day in Stoke. Absolutely. I mean, there weren't an Englishman in sight in that hotel, but I don't think they were asylum seekers. I mean, well, they must they be were... charging a fortune <laughs> there. Well, but yeah. Look, that, right? And the yeah. way you come out onto that big patio balcony. Unbelievable. Oh, it was just like, and I tell you who's been brilliant as well. I think the Argentinian fans have been fantastic. They've turned up in the numbers, and they've been really, really loud, very noisy, great supporters. So they're going to be playing Australia. I mean, the Aussies have done well to get through to uh, to this final, uh, sorry, these uh, later rounds of the World Cup finals. And by, by oh, that's it, yeah. So they're playing in Al Rayan, but uh, Al Amadi Ali, they're playing in that stadium. Argentina versus Australia. And then, of course, on the Sunday, France are going to play Poland. Looks as though the French are going to go through there, playing in Doha. And then England versus Senegal. Shades of Cameroon, Ali, 1990, do you think, with Senegal? Um, 
Uh, Senegal were not quite uh, the Cameroon with Miller and all that firm. But um, they are going to be a very, very tough nut to crack. Mm. Uh, If they think, uh, you know, when you were talking earlier on, you mentioned about whoever said about um, him marking Mbappe. Are they trying to... <laughs> they've gone one match too far, haven't they? You know, did they, they had one drink too much? <laughs> well, my God, you know, uh, someone said to me the other day, "Who would you like if the United States? You know, when you, who would you rather play?" And I'm, don't, don't ever go past the next game. Don't yeah. ever do that. And uh, that that was that's a foolish thing to do at any any level of football, let alone a World Cup. Um, and, uh, you know, for football fans to be thinking that, you know, we're great England and France, uh, that don't even dream about it at this stage. You know, Senegal are no mugs. I mean, they've got their best player missing, uh, Senegal in Mane, which, which is a shame because it would have been great to see Mane. Tremendous, yeah. uh, tremendous player. And that's why we want a World Cup. We want to see all the best players play in the best form and, and the best football that they can do in the World Cup because, you know, you want to beat the best. You want to play against the, the, the best. And I think that's you're right. right. I think Senegal will be a real big test for England. Um, I wouldn't like to call it, to be fair. I, I, I think it could go to extra time and uh, and possibly penalties. I know that they've been practising penalties at the, uh, at the, uh, the World Cup base. Uh, they've well, they, they got their I, special I, goals, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, again, the pressure's on England uh, to win it. Senegal are under absolutely no pressure to to win the match. They go out and, uh, like the USA, they'll be more relaxed than England. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it really does mean a lot, you know, the, you know, the, the expectation, and especially when you're, you're putting all the pressure on yourself. Yep. Keep saying we're going to win it and this, that and the other. You know, but the thing that annoys me about that, Paul, is when you, you, you know, I always say the talking's got to stop. You know, it's um, anyone can talk a, a big game. Um, and you're just putting so much pressure on yourself. And But you're, you're talking about how good a player you are. You, Yet you're not delivering it when the when the whistle goes, you know, and it's you know all the greatest players and I've never heard George Best say this, that, the other, and Jimmy Greaves and people like that. They never, there was none of this, and yeah. all right, there's you know the media's got different, the press has got different, but in our day that wasn't the way it was, you know. You, there, maybe if we played Leeds, we'd say there'd be a war, but that was yeah. that was that was not saying that uh, we were going to win the war, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but this is just putting added pressure on, and I'm, I'm it's the first thing I'd do. Any if I if I, if I ever had a taken a football club, I would have told the players, you know, no way, don't talk about upcoming matches and what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. You do it on the field. Absolutely, and and you know when when it's a football league championship, you know talk about it in old money. I know it's a Premier League now, but it's the same thing, you know. But you you, you don't hear teams get saying we're going to win the league, we're going to win the FA Cup. You know we've got a game of football here. We'll do our best if we you know turn up and play to our abilities. Then 
get that required amount of luck. Hopefully that we'll uh, we'll get through to the tie, and hopefully we can uh, pull it off. But we ain't going to be uh, tempting fate because as soon as you start saying we're going to win this and you fall on your face, you look so stupid, don't you? So I'm, I, I would have thought that they'd have been playing it down, not playing it up and talking it up because, you know, we need to put all our energies into that 90 minutes and it could be extra time. And as I say, they've got this penalty. They've got these special goals, apparently. I don't know how that works. They've got like, <laughs> yeah, they've got little things, little nets in the corner and they're trying to hit it into the corner of the nets. I mean, if they oh, want yeah. any uh, advice on how to take a penalty, I'd suggest that they ask Matt Letizia. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't ask Lionel Messi and uh, Lou Dasky because they both missed one. So yeah, there's been a uh, few, haven't so far? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it was extraordinary, really. I can't believe he gave the penalty for Messi last night. Crazy. Even, even Messi couldn't believe it. He he was quite embarrassed, I think. Uh, but they got up. I think that may, might have been half the reason he missed it. You know, uh, it kind of took the edge off it. But um, now it's. Um, I don't know. Maybe they they should have going back to what we were talking about earlier on with the you know picking straws out would get the team to come back the next day and have a playoff match and or take penalties or something. But that certainly has no way to, to you know especially when you've got so much time on your hands. You know. I like the old American system where you used to have them. Um... You know, the the kicks in used to go around a goalkeeper. Rather than a penalty kick, you took the ball and then you scored a goal, didn't you, against a goalie? I think that's far better than an actual penalty kick. But what's your take, Al? Well, I, I remember the first time I took one and uh, the penalty, it was called a out. And uh, it was on the 30. They got the 30-yard line, haven't they? Which is what you couldn't be offside inside the 30, you know, beyond that. And... Uh, and you start on the 30-yard line, you've got like five seconds to, I think it's five seconds, yeah, five, 15 seconds, five seconds. And you, you've got to, you know, so there's, there's so many ways of taking it, you know, yeah. you do it in training, there's so many different ways of taking it. And I remember the first time I took one was in the Giant Stadium in New York, and uh, and I, I scored the first time I've ever done it, and it because I'd never done it before, I suppose, with there being no press, it was in New York, they were favourites and everything else, and it won us a game, and they come in, and they give me man the match, because I scored a shoe out, and I said, what's all this about? And one geezer said, well, we had Pele, and he took six, and never scored one. <laughs> so I said, that made me better player than Pele, though, does it? You know? But that's a typical Yanks. You know, oh, that would be something that someone might mention down in the pub, you know. Oh, he must be better than Pele. You know, he's he got a shootout and Pele never scored one in six. So, uh, but yeah, it is a, I mean, it, it, it's more, it, it's more in the way of football than uh, yeah. a, penalty, a penalty. It's, it's, it's like saying, well, it is, it is actually part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, it's more skillful, you know? isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do get some funny moments. You really do. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it's quite interesting. You know, you can you can go through. The, the people used to try and flick it up and take it on the volley and and stuff like that. You know, you got some great stuff there. But um, and if you was really quick, you could try and round the goalie. But you might yeah. just be a little bit too late. You yeah. know, but it's uh. 
Mind you, Pelly never scored a penalty shootout in the six, but he did catch a shark, didn't he, in the Pugent Sound? <laughs> I think he caught a shark, yeah. I don't know where sharks were in the Pugent Sound, but there you are. Apparently there are sharks, and it was in the uh, Washington News because one of the fans did send me a, a piece where um, a journalist had wrote that Pelly did actually catch a shark. So it is actual fact that he did. Uh, tonight we're going to be seeing the other side of the group, Spain and Japan, Costa Rica and Germany. And then this afternoon, uh, Croatia, Belgium and Canada and Morocco. So we will know by tonight and tomorrow because then of course you've got Serbia, Switzerland Cameroon, Brazil, South Korea Portugal and Uruguay versus Ghana so by tomorrow we'll know exactly who is going to be playing in the second round games and we can certainly plan then and have a bet because at the moment you're looking in it and you're thinking well uh, winner of Group A plays runner-up in Group B, and but by tomorrow night everything will be clear. And then we've got Saturday the quarterfinals. Uh, sorry, round of sixteen Saturday, Sunday, then Monday and Tuesday. And all the games are kicking off either at three o'clock or seven o'clock. And then the quarterfinals are going to be Friday the ninth, um, Saturday the tenth. Again, Friday the 9th and Saturday the 10th, games at 3 o'clock and at 7 o'clock. And then we'll uh, we'll reconvene and talk about the later stages. Because I think the semi-finals then at 7 o'clock, third place playoff are at 3 o'clock. Uh, other semi-finals at 7. So, and then the final on Sunday the 18th is on at 3 o'clock. So... For, uh, for for guys and girls that do go out to work, we are going to miss the odd semi-final or quarter-final game. So that's going to be fun and uh, songs and dances at work and trying to get days off, etc., etc. But the uh, the seven o'clock were okay. Seven o'clock, of course, it's ten o'clock, isn't it, in Qatar? And the the three o'clock kickoff is at uh, six o'clock at Qatar. Yeah, but well, they were saying on, on the game here when they kicked off about it's early evening there, yeah. three o'clock, that would have been six o'clock, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can see uh, it's not, um, well, you can never tell with these players what they're sweating for. Well, you, know? you can't because, I mean, I, I guess when, when you're looking at the, the, the 10 o'clock kickoff, then they're not really looking at that the sun's going down a bit more. They're looking at, markets aren't they so they're looking okay. more at the european market where whereas games that are kicking off at seven o'clock and eight o'clock more people are, are going to have the chance to watch their nations as they progress rather at three o'clock in europe lots of people are at work unless it's a saturday or a sunday of course so uh, al i think that oh blimey that was a close one there your your money's still looking safe on morocco mate morocco are looking good at going through to the second round and uh, well, i don't know about that it's still only 2-1 you know yeah but it's always tight isn't it of course when it's uh, a 2-1 and it only well, takes always, a break away always, yeah there's always a chance you never know you never know i, I, I don't know how he why he disallowed that third goal no i but, don't um, but, but you're talking about the 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 weather and everything else it made me laugh the other day when a couple of players were ruled out say i had a cold because of the air conditioning 
They couldn't play because of the air conditioning in their room. I mean, how daft is that, you know? I mean, my God. They should go and stay in one of them tents or they've got a fan. <laughs> well, the old sober tents, they, they didn't do any good, did they? What a waste of time they've been, Al, not they? The sober tents. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at 12 quid a bottle, you know, you ain't going to get uh, too inebriated, are you? But it's been quite a good thing that there's been no alcohol in the, the grounds for uh, the, the average fan because over in Tenerife, when England had uh, played in Tenerife, well, I mean, not that England had played in Tenerife, but fans have gone over there, it's, uh, it's really kicked off. But again, they were talking about that, but I guess the people, the fans that have gone to Qatar are, are ones that, Probably in the England supporters club, probably a little bit more affluent. It costs an absolute bloody fortune to go out. And Tom was saying this the other day. You've only got to get on a plane, and you can go to Tenerife on um, Ryanair or something. And and I suppose there's a little bit of that. So it's not just the fact that there's a lack of alcohol. It's people that don't understand or don't don't know how to uh, behave themselves when they've had a skinful. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's, it's nothing to do with the alcohol. It's, nah. that's, an, that's an excuse, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You're going to get misbehaviour no matter what. Uh, you see a lot of trouble in pubs that people, they're not just drunk, but they're just going there to cause trouble. Absolutely. Well, let's hope that we um, the next podcast that we do that that we're both still in there. Good luck to Anthony and the boys. Yep. Three o'clock um, against Holland. I don't like, and we're not going to predict it. We just hope that America win. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. I think it's a game that America can win. And um, let's hope that they're safely through to the quarterfinal. And best of luck to England. And best of luck to all the teams that are playing. Let's hope that they produce some magic moments that we can talk about in part five of Alan Hudson's uh, World Cup diary, mate. Yeah, well, I, I just hope the best team wins, mate. I'm always, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, I've, I always want the best team to win on the day, especially in a cup competition. If, you, if you're the best team, you deserve to go through. Absolutely. And these time travellers haven't been very good at predicting the results, have they? I've been, I've been <laughs> looking at the, uh, you know, the social medias and these TikTok, these time travellers. I think they've had just about every nation competing in the final and they've got video evidence to prove it. Absolute <laughs> crackpots. Um, any team that you fancy so far that you've seen that, that, that you, uh, you think will go all the way, Al, or you're gonna you're gonna lump on. Is there anything that really stands out for you so far? Not, no, not really, mate. I think uh, obviously the player is Mbappé. I yep. think he's he was a, he's a difference. I think they say that one one player don't make a team. We know that, but uh, then I'll make a difference. Uh, take him out of the French team, and you can take the French team out of the competition. I think. Uh, and it's all about the individual at the end of the day. It's going to be all about one man. Uh, as I say, uh, and I've said to Anthony from the beginning, you know, you just just hope your team play their football, play play as well as they can. And your match winner is will be Pulisic, you know, because everyone's looking for a match winner. Yeah. Um, hope, hopefully that match winner will be Pulisic again on Saturday. Absolutely. And, and like, 
you don't don't leave it in the dressing room don't come off the pitch with regrets you know give everything for that game in that 90 minutes and extra time if it's needed and um hold your head up high if you get beat you get beat but you get beat graciously you get beat playing on the front foot and trying to win a game of football rather than you know defending a war of attrition and just trying to win on the odd corner kick that you might get later on or play for penalties teams like that please don't even bother turning up at the world cup that's not what this tournament's all about mate well no, no tournaments absolutely all about that mate yeah Right, till next time, Muddy. We will speak soon. Enjoy the games uh, in the second round. Enjoy the game on uh, on Saturday. Is it going to be a flat full of uh, fans? Are the family going to uh, turn up? I don't know. It could be a late call, that one, mate. <laughs> uh, it's... <laughs> it's uh... I might be it might be a pop out for the champagne at half time. We'll see where how it's going. Absolutely. Um, hopefully it will be. Hopefully it'll be champagne on Saturday because yeah. it will be some some achievement. Absolutely. Fingers crossed, everything crossed. Good luck yeah. to Ant and the boys in America and uh, let's hope that you can pull it off and you get through to the next round. As you say, yeah. one game True. at a time. Come on, America. And good luck to Gareth and the boys as well. Let's hope you're brave and bold and you try and win a game of football, Gareth, by playing your best players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. OK, right, then, mate. cheers, my cat. Speak soon. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the game on Saturday, Alan. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.